It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coach said he thought tonight um, you were focusing on defense and letting the offense come to you and you think that's when you're at your best offensively. Um, do you agree with that? 100%. Um, you know, this whole week has been a kind of reevaluation of myself. Kind of, and I kind of lost sight of the fact that defense is my, my strong suit, my strongest suit. And, um, you know, I'm just back to that. You know, that's my main focus, defense, leads to offense. So, um, you know, Coach did a great job of pretty much helping me, you know, get over that. Yeah, all bench lineup hasn't been uh, hasn't always worked this year, but coach showed some confidence with it to start the fourth. You guys put the game away. What was working tonight? Defense, right? You know, we played defense. You know, we had a great PG and Dennis Schroeder to two for sixteen. Um, you know, the first unit came out intense. Second unit came out intense. You know, we had some slip ups, but who doesn't? Um, you know, we stuck with it for forty eight minutes. All right, and that was Wizards forward Kelly Oubre, eighteen points for him. Part of the collective good defense for the Wizards. They win 113-94 of the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know where this game Todd Dibas is going to rank among the most nondescript the Wizards will play all year. But I'm going to put it and say it finishes top five. Not tons to say about this one other than a team that's supposed to be an Eastern Conference contender playing a team with the worst record in the East did what it's supposed to do. Took control, second quarter on. Um, put it away. More importantly, they put it away with the bench in the fourth quarter, constantly noting when they stink. We're going to note today that they did well. And uh, the Wizards win, again, 113-94. Even with John Wall not 100%. We'll get to John Wall, his situation in a minute, talk about the second unit. But first, I guess let's talk about some defense. But before we even get to that, tonight was hockey jersey night in the locker room. A lot of the guys are wearing hockey jerseys, not just Mike Scott. But Mike Scott is clearly the bizarro hockey jersey. His, If you haven't heard by now, he, wears, he has one for every team. The names on the back make have no context. Today's said marsupials, and when I asked him which jersey it was, he said he had no idea. So my question to you is, if you were going to get Carolina Hurricanes jersey, I, I, I couldn't. I only saw it from the back. Is that what it was? He, yeah. he, oh, and his quote was, "I don't know. I don't know anything about hockey." 
end quote. For the guy who only wears hockey jerseys after games. In any event, if you were going to have a hockey jersey, what it had a random thing on the back, not Divis, not Ovechkin, what would it be? I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a mine. I thought about this four seconds ago. I'd go Eruzioni, but with like 16 E's on the back, however many E's at the end of it to uh, to, to get to the finish. Uh, I'm boring. Mine would just say Neely on the back, and it would be a Bruins jersey. Yeah, that's pretty boring. It was pretty good, though. Pretty, yeah. I, I suspect Dennis Leary is a, is a, will approve of that. Um, so biggest difference, so this is the first meeting Wizards had with Atlanta since the postseason. The, these are not your 2017 postseason Atlanta Hawks. No Paul Millsap, no Tim Hardaway. Really, no Paul Millsap. That's really the big difference. Yes, I no am, Dwight. <laughs> no Dwight. Um, and, you know, they still have Dennis Schroeder, who had a very good playoffs last year, averaged 24, over 24 points, 7 assists. That guy, that wasn't the, the version of him we saw tonight. He starts off 0 for 8. Wizards finish on him. He finishes 2 for 16. Um, you know, John Wall had a good game on him, uh, you, despite not being close to 100%. Uh, but collectively, they did a good job. You just heard Kelly uh, Oubre talk about a little, a little bit about that. Um, Marquis Moore said he's not ready to say this defense is great yet because he said, to be honest, Lakers and Hawks are not that good. True, <laughs> but nor are the Mavericks. Nor are the Mavericks, <laughs> right? Exactly, but but they did a good job. It, you are are the official uh, defensive maven of the uh, Lockdown Wizards podcast. What was your sense of the defense, particularly on Schroeder? I think it's way easier to play defense against him when Paul Millsap's not at the elbow or the or the nail, whatever term you want to use there. And Dwight Howard, though not greatly effective last year still enormous and still rolling to the hoop and gobbling out space and pinballing bodies out of the way. Um, it's a lot easier when you look at Schroeder and you're like, eh, Torian Prince, eh, Luke Babbitt, eh, Bazemore, okay, go ahead. Um, we're going to try to slow this guy down, and uh, if he makes some threes, he makes some threes, but certainly they didn't want him to terrorize them uh, going to the rim which he did not tonight on the second night of a back-to-back. So he comes in here, they're on a road trip, second night of a back-to-back. Basically, the entire defense is loaded up against him because of who's around him. And he had a bad night, which he should if those are the circumstances and the Wizards are supposed to be a good team of some kind. And and not only Atlanta, Lakers were also coming in on a back-to-back too. So yep. you're playing two, two not-so-good teams, both of them on a back-to-back. You're getting a day off rest in between. They did what they're supposed to do, which is good, but this, but it is why I think Marquise probably made the point that he made that mm-hmm. we'll, let's see, let's not uh, 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 let's not start patting ourselves on the back just yet. Let's see where we're at. This uh, was another game on the schedule that we attended. It concluded in one team won. Uh, right. that's about the amount of weight I'm putting on it. Right, and they're not going to be uh, potentially another next game won't be a big test either. Monday against the Sacramento Kings, another team with a bad record that they already beat up earlier uh, the season. So, you know, we probably won't draw tons of conclusions. That's irrelevant to some degree. They needed to win these games. They already blew the first one. If they beat the Kings, they go 3-1 and one in this four-game homestand. Right. Okay. The, 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 They've the one- blown a couple of these games, as yeah. we've talked about, ad nauseum already. You know, already this season. So they can't be blowing them, continue to blow them. Yeah. So congrats. You did not blow it. Instead, you... Took it to them and got a night off for the starters, basically. And by the way, props to Atlanta for recognizing that they were after a great run. They've been making the playoffs pretty much like for a decade straight. 
that with Millsap, they, they couldn't justify paying Millsap. They let him go, and rather than go out and spend that money on other veterans to maybe make the 8 seed, the 7 seed, they basically said, all right, we're going to see what happens. We're going to go for the pick. That's wise of them, I think. I mean, you know, Schroeder's good, and, you know, yep. they've got some other prints could be interesting and so on, but yep. they need to do what other teams have done, the Wizards have done before, so good for them for recognizing and that. The Collins kid, too. Yeah, Collins kid. Yeah, not, nothing much from him tonight, but, yeah, he's, he's looked pretty interesting so far. Um, all right, before we get to thoughts about the second unit, here is a quick word from our sponsor. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I have uh, pointed out when Scott Brooks has gone all bench whenever that has occurred, and my, I don't know if my blood blood pressure rises or my my, my voice cracks or I don't know, but I'm sure there's some indication to, to you all that I find it to be highly confusing and annoying. And he did it again in the first uh, starting the end of the first quarter, start of the second, they did lose the lead, but it was like a one point lead, and it was like a four point lead when the starters started to trickle back in. But he once again did that in the, in the start of the second, start of the fourth. No starters. The, at least this time, at the start of the fourth quarter, the Wizards were up nine, and the bench goes on a ten zero run and put the game away. So again, let's, let's props to them for that. Ubre was pretty uh, active in that stretch. Mike Scott had ten off the bench as a whole. The bench. The Wizards bench outscored uh, their counterpoints. I don't have it here. 54-37, I want to say, was the uh, outcome. So we need to acknowledge it. That was a good thing. Um, I still don't understand it. I mean, Atlanta kept the starter on the court pretty much the whole game. Mm-hmm. We don't need to hear me rant about this again. But at least, you know, like I said, we'll give them credit for that. Um, any uh, Anything about the bench that you found to be particularly exciting? When you and I were talking to Scott Brooks yesterday – it feels way longer, it does. doesn't it? Hopefully, yeah. um, on, on Friday, and we were asking him about the rotation bench, we heard from him this sense that he wants to have the whole bench unit together still early in the season to kind of find their way. And then we heard that again pregame tonight, and then we saw them go out there together uh, early in the game when it, when it was still a tight game. So it looks like this is what we're going to be seeing Although I hate to draw a conclusion based on the number of thousands of lineups that we've already seen and the different bridges with the second unit that we've already seen and then the other times that we've seen an all-bench group together. Um, But it does sound like that Scott Brooks is very interested in trying to get these guys kind of together, a functioning group with an identity. We talked about this a lot last year. What, What is the identity of the bench guys? Do they... Are they just defensive-minded group? Are they scattershot? Are they, do they play fast? What, what do they do well, and how can they blend their talents and, and maximize that and become some sort of reputable group? Uh, for this group, I don't know what the answer to that is at this it, point, it but we're going to see them together, I think, for the, for the near future, at least till the calendar year. It wouldn't surprise me to see this more often than not. The only way this group this works is if Ubre is, in essence, the Ubre we saw tonight. I mean, active on both ends, scoring enough, hitting some shots. 
because not, this is not about our standard argument of is he, what is Kelly Oubre. It's like the mm-hmm. uh, when, on the office when they had debated is Hillary Swank's uh, hot. I'm not right. I'm not saying is Kelly Oubre good. It's that he's the only one with any hope of being the uh, uh, the go to focal point for that unit. That's the issue. That's the. Pro- I mean, Tim Frazier can do some stuff. He did tonight. Jody Meeks can make shots. Mike Scott can be effective, but they need an anchor, and that typically is the starter. We'll see. Ah, uh, yeah. Sort of to the point of what Marquise said about can't read too much into facing a bad team like this. I'm going to say that here with the second unit, um, but we'll see. And, and look, Brooks did this also with OKC. I mean, the, he were the people complained there about him not staggering Westbrook and Durant. Again, I'm not saying he's got to stagger Westbrook and, or Wall and Beal, but go with somebody. In any event, he didn't. It didn't matter today. They won with relative ease, despite the fact, Todd, that John Wall was definitely not 100%. Earlier in the day at shoot-around, he wasn't there. So that's a sign of something. They said illness. He did play. He did start. He had 10 points in the first half. Uh, he was, you know, he did some John Wall things, had some good passes that didn't get converted into baskets, had a couple of his, you know, 100-mile-an-hour 100, 100 drives uh, that resulted into points. But after the game, he said he, had, he showed up wearing a ski mask, not because he was going to rob the Hawks, but because he was that sick. He said his migraines came back. He also had a cold, didn't even have a chance to do warm-ups, and therefore needed I, uh, multiple IVs, I think he said, to get ready for the game. Um, we've all been there on some level. I don't think I've ever had IVs because I'm not a, an athlete. I think they just say to me, uh, here's some uh, Sudafed, go drink lots of water and uh, suck it up. But uh, in any event, um, does, I don't know. Does the fact that he wasn't all the way there and they still – Put them away. I don't know. Does that do anything for you? It's another game on another night yeah. that we witnessed in one team one. Uh, I will say, several years ago, I, I I thought about trying to find the funding to basically have a mobile, either mobile or a, a downtown location where you offered IVs to people with hangovers. You know this is a thing now, right? Yeah, this was before it was a thing. Yeah. And... Of course, I don't have any money because I'm a journalist. So, but I'd always argue that you know every city in America, this should be a, there should be a chain of these things. And you start in Vegas, right? Because everyone wants to reboot them. Well, that's where I think time. I heard. That's where I think I first heard it because Scott Brooks think, did an interview with Chris Mannix during summer league, and Chris Mannix said to him that he had gotten an IV the night before. And Brooks is like, "What?" And I'd never heard of that. Right. And then somehow I heard about it from other people. There's, I heard there's one somewhere in Bethesda, somewhere in DC. Is there? Yeah, yeah I didn't know there was. The price. It was. It, I needed a little. I need to make like Dibus money to justify <laughs> uh, doing it, or my hangover has got to be. Sometimes that. I felt, yeah, like it would be a good idea. Um, you ever have food poisoning? Like really bad food poisoning. Uh, yeah. So like I had food poisoning yeah. once so bad that I went to the hospital for it. And as soon as they gave me an IV, and then I, my body roared, roared through it in like eight minutes, they gave me another IV. And so now it's like 20 minutes later, and I felt like a new human. And I was like, wow, this would be fantastic after, you know, if theoretically a young person were to drink for an extended period of time, like eight to 10 hours, this would be a Does, does that be do, do young, do, do young people do that? I, I don't know. Some, some, some do. Some come here on Saturday nights to write about basketball. Oh, I don't understand why they do that. But <laughs> Some do other things. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to go do other things now. I mean, it's a Saturday night. Like you said, the Wizards played a team. They won the game. It's pretty much all you got to take out of this one. Uh, if, you're really, if you really want something 
dig, or dig deep. Chris McCullough played and had a couple good shots, the kind of shots that, like, if he could actually do it in real minutes would be fun because they could use another young, long guy to play. But garbage time it is for now. Yes. And uh, that's it. All right. Um, I guess we'll end it there. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. iTunes, you know that. Find us there if you want to bother Todd on Twitter. And I suggest you do it often. Uh, at Todd underscore Dibus. I'm at Ben Standing, and we are out of here. See ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 